the one ad that, that's really kind of gotten everybody a little polarized isn't from the New York area. It has to do with Michael J. Fox and the stem cell research thing because he is stumping for any politician. It doesn't matter if they're from the American Nazi Party, if they're for stem cell research. And I guess the American Nazi Party would be for it, because then you could snip, when you're working with these cells and, and cloning and doing all that, you can kind of take out the Jewish genes, you know, and the big noses, and you can take out the black genes and the big lips, and you can just have these beautiful Aryan white children. So I imagine Michael J. Fox and, and some of folks like that would, uh, well... In, in my sick view of the world, would, would consider voting for them and stumping for them if they would be trying to find a cure for what was ailing Christopher Reeve and what's ailing Michael J. Fox. So he gets on the air and does this commercial. I, I assume you've, if you haven't seen the commercial within the context of just being a TV ad, you've seen it on the news. Because it's a pretty powerful thing. Michael J. Fox is not um, you know, Alex Keaton anymore. I mean, he still looks physically. Like, he, what is that, 20 years ago that show aired? He still could pass for a 20-something-year-old ex in a still photo. Problem is, he'll never take a still photo again. If you, you tried to shoot him with a 100 ASA film on a regular camera, all you would get is a blur, because he's, he's got Parkinson's disease. He's, he's moving around constantly, jerking back and forth. And the real controversial controversy sprung up not just from Keaton stumping for a couple of governors or politicians who were very pro-stem cell research, but the fact that Rush Limbaugh came out and said, here you get Michael J. Fox on. He's, he's obviously a victim of a disease. He's hard to watch. I mean, this is a person that we knew when he wins in his late teens, a perfectly healthy all-American kid and now, look at him. Look at the condition that he's in. Anything that he says, you can't possibly go against. You can't possibly poke holes in. There's that needle reference again. Because, oh my gosh, you know, look at him. Just to, to, to even say anything negative about him is almost cruel, just because of the physical condition he happens to be in. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! I shoot flamingos in a fruit fight! Every color of day Whirling around at night Yes, it's a spooky, spooky and tropical, but spooky, tropical... I'm not sure if it's 50% spooky, 50% tropical... Maybe it's 45% spooky, 65% tropical... I'd have to work on this. It's Dave's Gone By on WGBB, where ghoul broadcasting... Be oh, I can't keep this crap up. No way. No way. It's October 29th. It's not even Halloween yet. And Halloween's not even my holiday. I'm Jewish. But uh, I'm wearing my Dave Lefkowitz costume, which is, uh, you know, I've got this balding hair. 
and it's kind of this beard and this mustache and kind of an off-center nose and good teeth because they were, they were fixed a couple of years ago. Um, let's see, and, and it's my short costume as opposed to the tall one I, I try to wear on job interviews. But I'm here at WGBB as I'm here every Sunday night at 11 in the neighborhood, the creepy, scary, last radio station on the left, neighborhood, with comedy, music, talk, radio, and all that sort of stuff, because I'm Dave Lefkowitz, radio personality, theater critic, humorist, journalist, and host of Dave's Gone By, as I've been since October of 2002. Yes, we are in our fourth year, very proud and, uh, well, considering some of the stuff we do on the program, I don't know if proud is the word, but I, I'm here, and still here, and very happy to do it, and happy to thank our sponsors for Dave's Gone By. After all this time, Hewlett, Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway, giving you 10% off every job. You walk in there with a 10-cent job, you have to Xerox like two sides of a piece of paper, they'll give you 10% off if you mention Dave's Gone By. They'll also give you a really dirty look and kick your ass out the door, but you will still get that 10% off. Mortgagesrock.com, which is uh, the place to go not just to learn about mortgages or to get a mortgage, but actually to learn how you can become a mortgage broker. Mortgagesrock.com. We'll be hearing more about them. And Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Broadway Bible. But it's not just Broadway. It's off-Broadway off-off, cabaret, dance performances in New York, everything you want to know about theater and the performing arts in New York is in Performing Arts Insider Magazine. And I was also going to give a nice little pitch and plug to Fancy Schmancy Balloons because that is owned and run by my good friend Jeff Goodman, who tends to be the co-host for our 1030 pre-show and has been the guest co-host for Dave's Gone By for a few weeks now, but Jeff has just been running around like crazy all weekend, because what he does at Fancy Schmancy Balloons is decorating parties. He doesn't do the flowers, but he does all that other stuff, anything involving balloons and centerpieces, that's Jeff's thing. So he had about two or three or seven parties this week, and it's not quite a one-man band, but he really does most of the work himself. And so... I called him just before, and he's like, oh, damn, I was sleeping. And, and I was like, I know you're sleeping. You're supposed to be on the air with me a half hour ago. And he's like, he apologizes terribly, especially since this was supposed to be also his, yes, it's a Halloween thing, but it was supposed to be his birthday show, because Jeff's birthday is tomorrow, the 30th. So happy birthday, Jeff, except you're probably snoring as we speak, as is a, a good portion of my audience. So... Happy birthday anyway, and thanks for being such a good friend and such a wonderful, kind of a, a new wrinkle in this four-year-old program. And everybody, do uh, go to Fancy Schmancy Balloons for your balloon and design needs and, and centerpieces, all that kind of stuff for bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, uh, deaths. I guess you can do balloons at deaths. It's, it's not quite common, but everybody brings food. Wouldn't it be really cool if the corpse was lying out there and you brought this really neat coffin uh, shaped out of balloons? I think people would go, yeah, man, you've got taste. 516-797-3229 is the number for Fancy Schmancy. 516-797-3229. Call it now because you'll wake him up and he'll feel even guiltier for uh, skipping out on my program tonight. But, you know, he'll be missing the rest of the show, but you won't. And you know what you won't be missing? 
my very, very special guest, um, a fella who has written a book about death. Yeah, now I hear that. That's not static on your line. That's radio's turning off. But I promise you, this is going to be a really fun conversation because Michael Largo's book, Final Exits, is all about the many and myriad ways people have died since the beginning of time. And it's encyclopedic, literally, alphabetically, and yet it's also a fun sort of Ripley's, believe it or not, kind of read. Because it's all true statistics, and it's all ten years' worth of research in the various ways people have been murdered, murdered themselves, or just died naturally, as it were. Things, how many people have been thrown out of car windshields? How many people have had things falling on them? How many folks have um, died in, in certain surgical procedures. I mean, it just, yeah, it sounds gross and horrible, and often it is. But if you look at the box office charts this weekend, maybe because it's pre-Halloween weekend, the number one movie in America is Saw 3, which made, I think, about $35 million in its opening weekend. So there's not only a predilection and a desire now, apparently, for American audiences for creepy and scary and horror but downright, in-your-face, gory kind of torture horror. So nothing in this book even kind of approaches any of that stuff. And yet, uh, there's some, some torturing stuff in there. There's a section on Inquisition and all nasty stuff, and yet the book keeps kind of a distanced, tongue-in-cheek attitude. And it makes it a really surprisingly fun read. And there's pictures and little drawings. Go check it out. It's Final Exits, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a little bit about it, but I want Michael Largo, the author, to talk about it, and he will be with us in just a couple of minutes on Dave's Gone By. And then, um, as I said in the pre-show for the program, from 10.30 to 11, kind of nice that the, the station gives me that extra half hour to say just how little we're doing in the 11 o'clock hour and make it sound special. But no, not only do we have Michael Largo tonight, but kind of forced by the station and by the FCC to do this. It's a political thing. Got to give equal time. Everybody's heard about this controversy of Michael J. Fox doing these political advertisements supporting these politicians who are pro-stem cell research because he is pro-stem cell research because he's grabbing at straws. Actually, if you watch his hands when he's moving, he's grabbing at everything. But at the moment, he's particularly grabbing at straws because he wants hope. He wants something that may cure him at some point. And so, to be fair, I think stem cell research is a good thing, so I'm on his side on this. But I want to let him speak, so we're going to give him about four minutes of radio time, where I'll step aside from the mic, and the one and only, Michael J. Fox, will make his pitch, his paid political announcement, on Dave's Gone By. So a lot to get to tonight. It's going to be wonderful. First, though, going to play a little kind of corny song. In the pre-show, we heard... Um, Oh, Dr. Elmo, because he was a guest on our program about a year or so ago and played something from his Transylvanian Blues album. Or Dr. Elmo Sings the Booze, I think it was called. And then uh, something from Night of the Hunter, that, that creepy song just before the show started. It was a musical that never quite made it to Broadway, but was doing stuff in the regional theaters. And you remember that, that it was um, not Rock Hudson, but or not Robert Mitchum, but the other guy, the, the scary, hulky, creepy, good-looking guy. Um, who, who's the preacher with love and hate on his knuckles. Anyway, they did a musical of it, and sounds pretty interesting. And that's the song Love and Hate. But now here's a song that you will either hate to love or love to hate from someone named Sufit. 
that I meant, and yes, she stands on her own two feet. It's T-S-U-F-I-T. Met her at that radio conference thing, and she has this CD of Hebrew songs, mostly. So, of course, I wanted to give that to the rabbi. But she also has a couple of novelty numbers on on the CD, and this one's kind of cute. It's called My Transylvanian. So we'll listen to some ghoulish two-feet music, and then we'll be going along towards our hour of death with Michael Largo on Dave's Gone By. My boyfriend is from Transylvania, oh. a little known part of Romania, oh. very close to Albania, and he's a real cool guy, my friends. He likes to walk alone at night. When he comes to hold me tight, and when he does, it feels so right. And he's a real cool guy. He'd never eaten Cheerios, and he wore Transylvanian clothes, but now he's mine. that I, Dave, am not just a fantastic radio personality, I'm also a playwright, and my book, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, is filled with the same humor I bring to Dave's Gone By every week. Funny, sad, true. Makes a great gift, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, only $20 hardcover, $12 trade paperback. To get your copy, call 516-295-1511 or email davesgoneby at aol.com. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on this creepy, spooky... Uh, no, no, it's just it's basically a regular night. So, welcome back anyway <laughs> to my Sunday night show. Very, very happy to be here with the author of a very, very cool book. Now, I uh, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago on the show that I, I was at this radio conference where you have all these people coming and pitching mostly books. I mean, some people were pitching seminars, and some were pitching kind of life-change things. But the vast majority of people who came to this publicity summit, is what they call it, uh, were trying to get 
a mention at least or an interview or something about their new books that they've published or had published on various kinds of shows and magazines. Everything from the Dr. Keith Ablo show to Oprah magazine to, I swear to God, this time there was there were a couple of people from the 700 Club, which uh, you know, was, was kind of bizarre. But, well, not any more bizarre than, than my little show being there. And so I met with all these people, and as usual... A lot of diet books, a lot of books about how, you know, this can save your marriage, or this will kill your marriage, or smoking will do this to you. And then 90%, I'm, they're not even on the table. And then there's about 5 to 10% that I'm like, oh, you know, if the show is right, if it feels right, if, if it coincides with a cool holiday on the calendar, it really makes sense. Now, it just so happens that all the stars were aligned for this particular guest and this particular book, because not all, even if it weren't around Halloween time, when I saw this book, when, when, when I saw what this was about, I was like, yes, this was literally the one guest of the whole batch of folks that I talked to that day, where instantly my eyes lit up and I was like, yes, got to talk about this, got to have Michael Largo in the neighborhood, because he's written a book called Final Exits, the Illustrated Encyclopedia of How We Die. Don't change the station. It's actually going to be really, really cool. It's a book about the myriad and millions of ways over the centuries that people have found to exit this earth um, from the more basic things, shooting, hanging, and basic expiration, to some of the weirdest things you have ever heard. Except we're going to hear them now from the author, Michael Largo. Thanks for coming to the neighborhood, Michael. How you doing? Hello, Dave. Thank you for having me. And, and even though I'm Jewish, happy sort of Halloween. <laughs> Are you Jewish? Is that a, um, um, a Jewish or a Christian holiday? or? Uh, well, it's, it's yeah, pagan turn pagan, Christian. Pagan's Druid holiday. Yeah, well, I don't, you don't look Druish. So no, I'm not a Druid right um, now. So, okay. <laughs> do you celebrate? I mean, is it any kind of thing? No, it's not. Uh, you know, it's another day. Um, but it's it's you know it's a it's a fun day. I guess it's uh, it makes the one of the list of one of the three thousand different ways I found people die. Though Halloween, in particular, they um, seem to go out of their way to do some wild things that day. Such as? Well, I mean, there was one guy that um, you know his kid came home with uh, one of these full face rubber masks. Um, and he would, he would basically grab his chest, fall down, turn red. And his wife is saying, what, what's wrong with you? I mean, this is just like a rubber mask. It's our kid inside the mask. Nothing could stop him. Um, what they found out was when it got, you know, a little bit further and um, the emergency medics are coming, is that the guy actually had an allergy to the rubber in the mask. Oh, man. He had a latex sensitivity, so he wasn't fooling around when he saw this uh, this mask. So that's the kind of, you know, weird things that happen on this holiday. Um, so that's, that's out of, like, one of those Halloween movie kind right. of Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was a real deal with this guy, and... Uh, for for years that he you know he he didn't you know when kids used to wear regular masks I guess you know like um, you know Zorro or Lone Ranger but mm-hmm. now with these full face ones that's what really took him down uh, see it's other weird things like that I mean you know I've got a whole list in the book of the actual uh, Halloween tampering of candies um. uh, no I heard that that was so overblown and that oh, yeah. there were maybe five yeah. incidences yeah. in 50 years yeah there's very little I only found about 12 and, and four of them yeah. were mine so <laughs> I only found about 12 you know nothing real serious most of them 
Uh, I think the worst one was way back when in 65, some lady, not too far from here, um, I think she wanted to teach the older kids how not to, uh, you know, they shouldn't be trick-or-treating. It was her idea. So she put a skull and crossbones on her bag of treats, and inside of that one, she gave regular candy to the little kids, to the teenagers coming around who she felt shouldn't be trick-or-treating. She put a skull and crossbones on it and put in, you know, the typical rat poison covered in chocolate, you know, the typical... Uh, Poison ant buttons, things like that. Po- what are poison ant buttons? Well, these little buttons that I guess you would put pesticides around and throw them around the yard. And uh, oh my god! You know, so, I mean, they are really deadly. They're tasty, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you have more than two. But uh, so this, you know, this is about the this is the most serious one. And uh, you know, the older brother took the kid and let the kid eat some of the candy. Didn't you know? Wasn't watching oh, him or whatever. Right. So that you know, that was probably the most serious one. But. That's overblown, and uh, even the um, you know the trick or treating on the uh, kids getting killed by cars, cars, um, it is a little bit um, between three and six. There goes a slight peak in um, in fatalities from that because they're so tiny. Or well, uh, you know, it's just run. You know, the uh, they're excited. You know, it's same. It's the same thing like any other thing. And uh, ice cream trucks are the same way. You know, more kids get it. Um, coming away from the ice cream truck and going to it, and you would think it would be more they'd be running towards it more. Than have, there, have there been any ice cream truck shootings along the line of someone just got sick of hearing every day, same ten times a day, and suddenly someone comes out with a with a 44 and right. <laughs> right. Well, the ice cream is even, you know, a little serious. You know, another side of the ice cream thing is very weird because... You know, they have turf wars. You know, I put it in the in the book. I have a section of ice cream wars that uh, I think there was last year. There was like 75 people killed and related to ice cream trying to protect their vending routes. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's every... In this book, I tried to make it where it's not just, you know, the regular, you know, basic things that you would read about, uh, but categorize them in a way that would be a, a cool way to have if, you know, you eventually do check out what you're all going to do. Like a cool way, like, you know, say you died from a flying cow, say, for example, would be a better way than just, uh, you know... Uh, talk, talk, wait, talk to me about this flying, flying cow. cow. Well, in the, in the book, I categorize flying cows as, as people that run into things when they're driving in the country. Now, this one particular incident, the cow was walking, you know, crossing the road, I guess, and a Mercedes hit him at going at, you know, 70 or 80, 90 miles an hour, and the cow, cow went airborne, <laughs> and, um, you know, some other guy just driving along in a little Toyota pickup sees his flying cow coming in the, at him, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, he was at the wrong place at the uh, right time, or however you want to put it, and uh, the cow went through his windshield. So that was fatality by flying cow. Which is kind of interesting because it was leaning on two horns at once. <laughs> yeah, so... Thank you very much. Yeah. So he had, you know, that's that's other categories I have. You know, I also have the regular stuff. You know, it's an A to Z source guide of more than the 3,000 ways people die in America. The weirdest thing about this is that when I first started researching this book, I had discovered that 300 years ago, which is where I started from counting was that there were only 100 known causes of death. Um, and so I said, wow, you know, people are really dying in some new and unusual ways. Uh, back then, it was really simple stuff. Um, actually, I found a death certificate of a guy in the 1700s who they wrote on this poor guy's uh, record that he died, actually, of lack of ambition. So that's how, pers- 
<laughs> That's how precise they were about this guy. I think we call those the Yankees. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they just die on airplanes. But, um, well, also, there, there's this thing, and, and I've gone for a few pages of it, and I'm having a fantastic time. I'm probably going to read it cover to cover, just because it's so cool, and it's illustrated, and it's really fun to read. But almost every page has something that is surprising. Like, like you mentioned Alzheimer's. It did not occur to me that at this point, you don't actually know that someone has Alzheimer's until... The autopsy, yeah, that's it, you know. Um, you don't really know if they have it, and they're really not certain if it's caused by old age. So that was another category. It's very strange because the CDC says that 25,000 people die of Alzheimer's every year, but uh, but actually it's no one really knows for sure. Um, you know, and also they knew this disease a long time ago. They used to just call it um, senility or old age. Um, the first guy, Alzheimer, who discovered Alois Alzheimer in 1915, he was working with uh, old people who were in an insane asylum because that's where they would put people when they were old. It wasn't, you know, like today. They would just put them in, in, a, in a crazy house. And that's where we started working, saying that these people aren't crazy. It's something else going on. It's Alzheimer's. And ultimately, Alzheimer's is a killer. I mean, people end right. up dying from exactly. it rather than heart attack necessarily. Right, exactly. And, you know, and then I, you know, in the book, I also try to have some famous people who had it. Um, one of the, the um, interesting characters was Audubon. You know, he used the, um, the paint, he painted birds, famous for uh, conservation. But after he painted all these birds, traveled all, all over the, you know, the country, exact detailed work, when he finally, at age 65, he returned to New York City, and um, he couldn't remember a single bird he painted. You know, he couldn't tell a pigeon from a pig. I mean, he was, uh, it was a sad way for him to go for his record of all his, he had created. By the way, was he, um, I love that line. I remember the pigeon from a pig. Was that your line, or was that in his? Yeah, no, I, I like that um, alliteration. You oh, you, you, you came up with it. Okay. <laughs> what are some of the funnier Ways that people have uh, either off themselves or been off. The, the flying cow is pretty neat. Yeah, a flying cow is good. Um, well, you know, it's just some of the weird things, I guess, that really get you, you know, get your attention. You know, there's this one, you know, people put things in their mouth, which is which is odd. Um, there's one woman, uh, young, you know, young woman. I guess she was in her twenties or so. Uh, they couldn't figure out. She was eating three meals a day, um, but she was starving, and uh, they couldn't find out what was wrong with her. Um, then it was discovered she started, you know, as a young kid having this small habit of, you know, taking small nibbles out of her hair. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. She's taking small nibbles. And, you know, I found out that hair is even more addictive than some drugs because once you start ingesting it, you just can't seem to stop if you ever know anyone who starts chewing on their hair. Anyway, so she kept chewing on her hair and nothing could stop her. I guess it would have been a good idea if they would have just given her a haircut, but they didn't, they didn't come <laughs> up with that. So uh, by the time she had finally died of starvation, they had found a hairball the size of a, you know, a soccer ball inside, wow. inside her stomach, blocking the nutrients from being, being uh, you know, absorbed into her body. So that's pretty, um, pretty bizarre way to go out. Getting at least some protein from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's digestive. If she, if she used a yucca shampoo, that might <laughs> she had, I'm sure about two of the food groups. Right there. <laughs> at least two. So, I mean, you know, that's things, putting things in your mouth, toothpicks. You know, more people oh. have died from toothpicks than lightning in the last hundred years. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Um, you know, we all worry, you know, stay out of the storm, you know, lightning, all this stuff. But, you know, more people, you know, those little hot dogs with the toothpick yeah, in it. Yeah, all those, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, those people, uh, you know, more more people swallow the toothpicks um, wow. than have died from lightning. So that's a pretty bizarre way of looking at it. You know, I try to look at common things, too. Everyone knows, you know, choking is a serious thing. You go to, a, you, you know, a lot of people die from choking. But the interesting statistic is that more people actually die in restaurants from choking than at home because they're more embarrassed to signal for help sooner because oh. they still want to remain looking cool, you know, in front of the... Uh, it's like people breaking their bones on the sidewalk and they're like, don't help me. <laughs> okay, listen to me. No, I mean listen to me on Compact Disc, where bunches of past episodes of Dave's Gone By are yours to hear over and over again. Comedy sketches like Mills a Poppin' and Handyman Yoni, visits with guests like Reckless Eric and Julie Haggerty, punchlines and politics in the news gone by. All just eleven dollars a disc, shipping included. Visit davesgoneby.org or call five one six two nine five one five one one for me on CD. Hello, this is Michael Largo, author of Final Exits, the illustrated encyclopedia of how we die. And I'm glad to be on Dave's Gone By, WGBB. One thing I wanted to ask about, and somebody else wrote a book about this that I was curious, uh, I, I never was able to contact the author, but I remember, maybe you can actually help me on, uh, on this, about 20 years ago, seeing in a newspaper uh, a little item about a mid it was a paragraph about a midget who was in a circus and right. he died right because you've heard of this he, yeah he was on a trampoline and he bounced sideways and was swallowed by a hippopotamus right I yeah. remember a friend of mine just not even able to talk about this for a week because we could not stop laughing hysterically at the image of this poor midget bouncing and dying by, right. by being gobbled to death. And then somebody just wrote a book a couple of years ago saying that's one of those urban myths that keeps popping up and it never actually Happen. happened. Right. Well, right. Well, I mean, I, I, there was a book I think just this year came out said um, Little Person as they as they Franz Dash, right? Right. Yeah. His name was his name was Odd. Um, I found his last name, um, and I really did a lot of research because I, too, love that story. And actually, I have a small mention of him. There was in the Melbourne Herald Sun in July 1999, and they had a story about a particular man, same, same situation. His name was Hito Maka. He was age 34, and he jumped off a trampoline into a hippo. Now, the only thing with this is that they did try into a hippo that was yawning at the <laughs> same time. No, but again, would this have been... Was he a midget? Yes. He was... Um, I think he was um, 39 inches. He was 39 inches, yes. But here again, we have, to, we have to ask, is it, again, this, this big old funny hoax, or is it actually... The first one was a hoax, but this one actually happened? Or they both actually happened? Yeah, well, the first one, I think this was really part of this guy's act. But what happened was that this hippo, um, they didn't know that he had, they have a gag reflex. So if you go down so far into a hippo's mouth, <laughs> yeah. um, they involuntarily swallow. Oh. And, uh, you, know, it, they, you know, the crowd thought it was funny. They were still, you know, they thought it was part of the act and they were cheering. And that's why hippo wives are beloved. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, it took them a little bit too long to extract uh, um, Hito Maka <laughs> from... Uh, so, it's our fucking chip. so this is an actual, this really happened to Hito. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that was yawning. Well, so, I, mean, I heard there was one guy, this is absolutely honest to God true, some conservationist guy was, was killed when he swam with a stingray. Yeah, well, that, that's, uh, that's been pretty, pretty much in the news. You know, in the book, I have a section I call as, you know, this, this, you know, I think this guy was trying to get ratings, but we know that. But, so I, but yeah, I have a whole section called what I call zoo fatalism. Yeah. Zoo fatalism is, is an, a people have an affinity to being dangerously close to wild animals. Mm. And I've documented this where there's been over 95 cases in the last 10 years of people that are just getting a little bit too close to wild animals, um, keeping them as pet. You know, keeping a, a Bengal tiger as a pet is often a, um, you know, maybe a risky idea. Well, we're in Babylon, Long Island right now. In, no, this is there not is, Lindenhurst. <laughs> There's a wild two tiger. Two weeks ago, a guy, they, they ha- he had a menagerie of alligators, crocodiles. I thought it was pretty cool because they had an emu farm. In the backyard. <laughs> I, that's me. I want an emu farm. But he also had these snakes and, and stuff that you don't want to have. Right. Well, Lindenhurst, I mean, that's a couple of that's miles from here. That's too far, yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it exists. You know, in the, in the book, in that section, I have, uh, you know, there's ostriches. People think, you know, ostriches are cool, too. So there's one guy who had, oh, no. had, a, had an ostrich farm, and he had to go away, and he asked his mother and father to come over and feed the ostriches for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, that can never be good. (laughs) Somehow I thought I can't end well. It's not going to end well. But um, so, you know, they thought it was, you know, a big friendly bird, cuddly bird, and, you know, Disney creature or something. So they went into the uh, pen to feed the ostriches grain as instructed by the sun. But they didn't realize that there was a certain period of time when when the ostriches are mating. Oh, no. um, That they're very territorial. And, you know, these, these poor uh, parents got, um, you know, it was just a scene. They well, were they kicked or what? Oh, yeah. They, they have, you know, a drop kick on, a, on an ostrich is like, uh, you know, ten, 10 Bruce Lee's, you know. so it's uh, Really? Yeah, they got a powerful kick. Oh, my goodness. And um, so, I mean, it was, it was a scene. So that was one of the lists in Zoo Fatalism that I have. Um, oh. Minute Man, the superheroes of photocopying, printing and binding. Minute Man, no job too big or small. Minute Man, family run since 1975. Minute Man, 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, Long Island, next to the new low shoe store. Tell them they've sent you for 10% off. Minute Man, hero of our photocopying dreams. We're talking with um, Michael Largo, author of the book Final Exits, the Illustrated Encyclopedia of How We Die, published by Harper, Harper Collins, actually. They call it Harper now, although I seem to remember it being Harper Collins, under popper, popular culture slash humor. So you can get this everywhere. Amazon, um, what are the other, well, Barnes & Noble, and then pretty much everywhere books are yeah, sold. You can get Final Exits by Michael, L-A-R-G-O, Largo. So, so Michael is telling us more about how people have died coming close to animals. Right, animals. Um, another thing is, um, you know, people have heard about beaver fever. 
Oh, okay. I don't think it's what you mean. Yeah, that's not what I mean. You know, it's not Animal House version. Uh, it's not the uh, movie oh, nice. version. Yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, you know, when you tell, it's an, I mean, this is the, the strangest thing. When I saw this in the medical categories of people dying, and I saw beaver fever, I had to look it up because, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we, we all may have that sooner or later. But um, the real thing is that you get this, when you say you go up the country, um, any, anywhere that there's mountains and, and, and you drink water from a stream, you where beavers or muskrats have been swimming, oh. they have a, you know, a bacteria that you can pick up and you get beaver fever, which the symptoms are, and this is what's very confusing, you start sweating, um, you, you know, you're preoccupied with, um, you know, you, you, can, you can vomit at any time. You know, it's, it's, it's similar to somebody who may be symptoms of being lovesick. So, um, All right. You know, beaver fever is um, an actual disease. And if you, if you, but it's a type of disease I don't know if I'd like to have on my death certificate. He died of beaver fever. You know? <laughs> so, one of those ones you want to avoid. All right, so, so, so moving just away from the book for a little bit, because it's really cool, uh, and I want to spend almost a whole segment on it. But I might as well ask, A, what started you on this topic? And, and again, this is not just one of these little hundred-page kind of cute sort of books for, for a holiday thing. This is a real encyclopedic tome, and yet uh, very readable and fun and, and full of really good illustrations. But this is not something you, you sat down and did in about three months just to, to right. make a quick buck. I mean, yeah, well, actually, this... yeah. I mean, actually, this thing took me, um, I thought it was going to take a year or two. I started back in uh, the early, middle 90s, but it's actually taken me 10 years to complete. Because the the statistics on on these various uh, means of uh, checking out are bafflingly scattered. I mean, there there's no real place you can go to. Um, even you know, if a death certificate today happens, it takes five years before the actual cause gets filtered through the vital vital statistics. And you know, in Washington, so it, it takes a long time to gather these things, and especially going back any time past the 1950s or the 1930s. Uh, many of the records are only in small municipalities or archives, and I had to go to many of the major cities to um, actually go through the microfiche to find record after record to put in. I'd written a, f a few mystery novels. I had published a few mystery novels. Mystery writers always like to have accurate ways of knocking off villains, so that was my interest in that. But it even goes back further. I grew up in, in, in um, Staten Island, and my father was an NYPD homicide detective. So his his form of education was taking us trips into Manhattan to show us, you know, not this typical, um, you know, Radio City Music Hall or one of these deals, but he would have, he had a great sense of statistics. He would take us to any corner and say there was X amount of murders in this building, and the building looked like normal to me, or you know, this amount of fatalities on that corner, or this crime happened here. And I was looking at, the, I remember looking at these buildings and people walking on the street that have no clue of the history of this. And, you know, I had wondered, you know, like a, a sign should be posted, you huh. know, like a, a big warning sign or, you know, something, this is what happened here. Did it creep you out or were you just fascinated? No, I, you know, it was pretty fascinated. You know, it came from along, you know, grandfather, uncles, everyone was police. So it was always common talk, you know, around the, the dinner table. It was nothing so strange. Um... So I was always fascinated with that, and I was fascinated by the possibility that these people walking around had no clue of it, and that, 
it could happen uh, and obviously does at any time. So I think I kind of really wanted to have two things. I wanted to have like my own 500-page sign, which is final exits. <laughs> and secondly, I really wanted to, you know, this question, is it chance or fate? You know, so I figured, well, you know, probably no one really knows that answer. But if I at least know the 3,000 different causes and really what goes on that could, these things could happen, there's a good way that it may be, uh, you know, myself and others could avoid some of these things that are just sometimes just basically dumb things to do. Right. Well, have you ever seen a death? Oh, yeah. Um, well, that was, you know, part of the education. A couple of times, you know, I went to the morgue with my father. Um, that well, was, that's always... I, I'm, I've yeah. seen only dead bodies, actually, from right. when I married a woman whose family is not Jewish. So when they have a death there... Oh, yeah, the wakes. There's an open yeah, casket. Yeah. First time I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that, but have you seen people, like, any, ever seen anybody being killed or... Well, I mean, I've seen it, you know, I've, I've been close to, uh, you know, a car accident, and I had, you know, my, my grandfather who, who died, uh, you know, while I was right there. It is my father as well. I was with him when he died. So, I mean, actually, I've seen people <clears throat> when, they, when they died. Um, that's another whole book. But, I, you know, I really didn't want to get to the point of, um, I think we all want to live longer. So I, I really wanted to have this as like the 101 on longevity where we could look at all the different causes, the things that get us, and maybe in some way by reading this, we're entertained in a way and we also remember the people that passed uh, and we use their lives as some way to instruct us to avoid some of these more bizarre and interesting things. Well, well um, I, do, well, I might be a little uncomfortable, but I do want to double back on this because my wife had worked at one point in a hospital and then had been to the whole thing of emergency rooms and morgues and, and stuff like that. And she had seen one person die, an old person. And I think that's the only one, thank goodness. But it was not a bad experience. I mean, she was old. It was time. And she did see something happen, she says, at that moment. It was like a, li a literal, to her, leaving of the spirit from the body. Now, I don't know if she was kind of just in her seeing that because that's how we'll cope with it, or if maybe there's a spirit that's actually leaving and going somewhere else. So, I know it's very, very personal to you because there's a grandfather and a father involved, but did you, at that moment... Was there something happening? Was there yeah, something else? You know, that's a really good question. I, I do talk about this a lot. You know, I just really, you know, the subject of the book is before that happened. But I have to tell you that with my father, it's a, it's a strange thing because, you know, he, he was an inspiration for a lot of this, this type of knowledge. And I was with him when he was dying, and um, he had a hospice. He had a hospice person there. And... Um, um, which, you know, the family was around. And the hospice person said, um, you have to leave the room for, you know, you have to leave right now. And I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay with, stay with him. Um, I was, you know, with him the entire time up to that point. She says, no, you really, everyone really has to leave right now. You can stand on the other side because he won't be able to leave if you were, were there with him. And the moment we walked out, that's when he died. Wow. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, you know, it, the, the hospice person had said that it's something where 
they're trying to hold they're still at the very last minute trying to take care of others hmm. you know and and i did did see this uh happen i mean it was a it was a really weird thing and uh because where he he stayed at home it wasn't in a hospital we had him at home and it, and it was uh he had these skylights in his living room uh where his hospital bed was set up and it was cloudy all day and i exactly what you had said i sensed something like there was some kind of light or something moving towards this skylight it was a really wow. really amazing thing it was a really amazing well, it wasn't a fart it was no, it was a real thing and i tell you i think that was it was around about a year after i started this book um because it was this is one of the other strange things you know the person making a personal story into a book like i said my father was this big you know big new york city cop guy you know and then he had gotten uh cancer the cancer is the type of deal you start withering away from the inside out and uh, so that was a difficult thing to see. But I also wanted to know how he got this. I mean, here this, this guy was into, like, health foods before there were health foods, you know, hmm. type of deal. So I, I looked back into his records of what he had done. And he had, he had uh, went over to Hiroshima, like, three months after that happened as, you know, the part of the army to keep control over there. And that's where oh. I traced back where he had this dormant cancer. Three months. Yeah. Three whole months after they dropped right. the thing. Right, yeah. So, so pretty much everybody living in North Korea now. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that was, a, you know, personal motivation to start writing the book. You know, when I was writing this for these last ten years, I would tell people, what are you writing about? And i say, well, I'm writing a book about death. And, you know, they would always take a step or two back, well, yeah. you know. So that reaction... And talking about the subject, I tried to tell tell the, all these statistics through stories of famous and ordinary people, you know, the bizarre and the common things, in a way that, you know, I, I don't like to use the word entertaining, but in a lively way that people can approach the subject, so that it's not so, you know, morbid or grim, uh, so that it's a, it's a project that you can come to and read the book and open any page and say, wow, I didn't know that. And hopefully by the time it's all over, take away some different ways that, you know, you may avoid some things that you didn't do before. I um, mean, you can't obviously avoid everything in this 500-page right, exactly. book. Because you, you end up just being a shut-in, <laughs> and, and then you would die because you couldn't then put you any food it, in your And you die being yeah. shut-in. So. So, but, I mean, I will say, I, you've definitely described it right. I mean, I picked it up thinking, okay, I mean, I love the idea of the book, but am I actually going to want to read death after death after death? And just the way... And it, it's not even being funny ha-ha, but there, there's a lightness to it, and, and the way it's laid out, and the way it's done. It's encyclopedic, but it's also like a, a, a readable, and I hate to say kind of fun book, in, in, a, in a way. I'm, I'm going to remind people one more time that we're talking with Michael Largo, the author of Final Exits, and we have to make a Final Exit with you, to unfortunately, to get to other stuff on the show, but can you think of, since it's Halloween time, okay. the really, like, the, the creepiest, nastiest one or two uh, ways to go that, that have happened. Well, I mean, I guess the, the real creepiest stuff is back, you know, 100 years ago when when, uh, when Halloween became a, a hit with, with Americans. Uh, you know, because 100 years ago, the biggest fear people had was being buried alive. Uh, you know, nowadays we have being kept alive. <laughs> uh, but 
buried alive was, I mean, it was a, such a common thing. And, I mean, you can imagine, like you had mentioned before with, you know, the wake, wakes and things like that. People used to have wakes in their home, you know, to keep, to keep the bodies yeah. in, in the home. Uh, and there was at least over 3,000 uh, documented cases where people just sat up. Well, Spinnigan's Wake right there. Yeah. That's the, the, yeah. apparently you know, the plot yeah. of Spinnigan's yeah. Wake. Yeah, I mean, it's just sat well, up. I've never read it, but... You know, that happened all the time. You know, there was, so, it was such a fear that they had devices where, you know, they had people, bells in the coffin and even the graveyard shift, the term that we have today. I don't know if you're working the graveyard shift tonight, but if you have that, um, that comes from when we used to keep people around the coffin to make sure they weren't, they weren't you know, alive oh. before they were buried. So even in terms in our language that we use today. That is pretty... Pretty darn creepy. <laughs> right. But it has not been creepy at all having you, Michael Largo, in the neighborhood. Again, people can get Final Exits everywhere. Yeah, all the bookstores, Amazon.com. You can also check out FinalExits.com, my website. Oh. I've got some good illustrations. You can see an idea what the book's like that way, too. Michael Largo, thank you again, and please, don't die. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. The following is a paid political announcement. Hi. I'm Michael J. Fox. You might know me from such entertainments as Family Ties, Teen Wolf, and Mars Attacks. For years, I've brought you joy and laughs at my hilarious Canadian foibles. But now, I need to tell you about something that's not... not... funny. It may be hard to tell from hearing me on the radio, but right now, I'm shaking faster than a masturbating monkey. That's because I have Parkinson's disease, a debilitating incurable attack on the central nervous system. It causes tremors, stooping, muscle contractions, and stiffness. And not the good kind. In fact... Parkinson's has only one benefit. If I hold a bottle of milk for two minutes, it becomes butter. Many Parkinson's patients go on to suffer dizziness, dementia, and memory loss. For example, I've already forgotten my own film, Life with Mikey. But I'm told that's not a bad thing. Otherwise, the illness has been devastating to my life, and career-wise, I'm fa, I'm fa, I'm finished. That's why I support Wisconsin Governor Jim Doyle for re-election. Unlike the Republicans, Jim Doyle is anti-disease. Unlike the Republicans, Jim Doyle cares about helping suffering people and not a warehouse full of embryos. Look, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a theologian. Conception, embryos, fetuses, I can't tell you when life begins, but I can tell you when it ends. It ends when you can't take a piss without spraying everything in a quarter-mile radius. It ends when you can't go to the beach because you can't look at all those beautiful, healthy people without wanting to give them all smallpox. Especially the ones who stare at me while I'm trying to get a tan and call me shake and bake. But hey, I have it better than some, so there but for the grace of God. 
and $20 million in TV residuals. Stem cell research is viable, ethical, and the only thing coming between me and a straitjacket. Yes, we're destroying fertilized eggs, but if God had wanted those eggs to be people, he'd have put them in an orphanage and given them Madonna's speed dial. And if we can live with sacrificing bunny rabbits for makeup and torturing mice for a cancer cure, I say we can break a few eggs to make a spinal regeneration omelet. So, when you go to the polls next Tuesday, ask yourself who needs your help more. A closet full of zygotes, or this washed-up actor who has more wiggles than a PBS fundraiser. I'm voting for Jim Doyle. In fact, I'm voting for him 35 times, because I can't get my arm off the lever. I hope you'll do the same. Thank you. I am Stephen Hawking, and I approve of this message. Yes, indeed, Broadway, the best way, performing arts insider theater magazine. And remember, every listener who mentions uh, Dave's Gone By, when you go into Hewlett Minuteman Pass and get performing arts insider magazine, either one, 10% off. And also got to thank our other sponsors, MortgagesRock.com, because mortgages do rock there, and you learn how to give them to your friends, to your relatives, to, to your enemies also. If you want to give, let's say, you know that your most dire enemy wants a house that is haunted, you can help them get that house by going to MortgagesRock.com and, and helping them finance it. Oh, and thank you also to Fancy Schmancy Balloons. See, um, uh, Got kind of hung up a little bit this week because Jeff Goodman, who's been our regular uh, co-host on the pre-show, he's, he's the official co-host, and then he's been doing some guest co-host duties on uh, Dave's Gone By, and by duties at D-U-T-I-E-S, you very sick people. But he was very tired tonight, and which is a shame, because in about four minutes is his birthday, and he's going to sleep right through uh, midnight, and he just crashed today, couldn't get to the station, but I sure do wish Jeff very happy birthday, and remind people that if you want balloons or centerpieces or other kinds of decorations for your party, Fancy Schmancy Balloons is the place to go. 516-797-3229. A couple of things. want to also remind folks to listen to Indecent Exposure Radio, Saturday, midnight to 6 a.m. on Sundays on WVOX, 1460 AM in New Rochelle. You can't get it in this listening area, but you can get it on the web, WVOX.com. Listen to Vic Fusco, 9 o'clock on Sunday nights, doing Swing City Vic. That's on this station, WGBB. And Joyce Keller, Radio Psychic, Wednesday nights at 11, also on AM 1240, WGBB Freeport. And you can catch a vintage Dave's Gone By episode Thursdays and Saturday nights at 11 on DFSX Radio. And this is really cool. I checked it out this week. The, the stream sounds good. And what's neat now is, is not that they replay the same vintage episode twice. You get a different episode on Thursday and a different one on Saturday because we've done 200 almost shows at this point. So they can play two a week for a year and still not repeat one. So every Thursday night at 11, every Saturday night at 11, DFSX Radio on Live365.com is playing these episodes, and it's neat. If you go to my website, davesgoneby.org, three times a week at 11 o'clock, you can hear three different Dave's Gone By programs, including the new ones every Sunday night 
here. Uh, DavisGoneby.org is the website. It's also the place, obviously, you can see pictures of me, not that anybody would want to, a whole history of the show, and how to buy CDs of the program, because they're really fun. They're only $11 a piece, including shipping and handling. And we're getting towards the holidays now, and it makes a really fun gift. Okay, I wanted to bring on someone very close and special to me. I thank her every week. I'm thanking, of course, Michael Largo for uh, for being on the show and, and telling everybody to buy his book, Final Exits. But uh, before I make my final exit on this evening, I want to say um, hi to my beloved wife, Joyce. Are you there, Joyce? I was waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> See, Jeff always complains that I have these endless intros, but I also do these really long, full outros. Uh, but, but, yeah, thanks for staying awake during the outro, hon. Are you there? Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. Nice. I know. Now, where were you this afternoon? What did you do today? Listen, David, first I want to extend a very happy birthday to Jeff. Ah, yes. Who I know has a, a large fan base on the show. Mm-hmm. And I hope has a... I don't he know what... has a large fanny base, but he's working on that. He's trying to lose the weight. But I don't know what uh, calendar year. I don't know his age, but I, I wish him a very happy uh, fill-in-the-age birthday. Okay. And I hope he has a, a nice time, and I hope he gets to, you know, have a good birthday. Good, yes. And, and I, I, I echo that sentiment. But you were also going to talk about what you ended up doing this afternoon. Well, we went to a party place to uh, get costumes for a friend of mine, her children. Uh-huh. And they have many, many costumes, which I think you would enjoy. Enlighten me. There this was, is radio. I wasn't there. Paint a picture. Well, there was one for thirty nine ninety nine. Uh-huh. Well, you could uh, wear a human-sized whoopee cushion. <gasps> Did it come with a noise, or do you have to go <clears throat> by yourself? No, I think it was just like a really, uh, you know, uh, grossly sized little rubber uh, whoopee cushion. And whoever made that is brilliant only because they're charging $40 for basically one giant... Because ru- a whoopee cushion has no contours. And you just throw a blanket over yourself, you're a whoopee cushion. Every single costume, some were just a piece of cloth for like $40. Some were even more. Cool. Well, well, what were some other things? like? Well, there was one that you could gauge the amount of flatus one passes. In a costume? Yes. How, how did this work? Where, gosh, was there a piece that stuck up somewhere we, we can't really talk about? Well, no, no. One had so, sort of a cylinder, and then you had a meter that you wore on your chest. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's cute. And it, and it said somewhere on the, the costume, flatus... Uh, tester, flatus adjustment? Something, but I won't say the other word that it used. Well, you can say fart. I won't say the vernacular. Already, I already used fart earlier in the program. <sighs> in fact, I'm going to use it. Fart. There you go. I like that. Say the word. Say the word, hon, for our listeners, please. Come on. Come on, please, for me. No. For, me, for your husband of eight and a half years. Come on. Say it. Just, you don't and, have to do it. And where would he be? Where would who be? My husband. <laughs> <laughs> they also had costumes for Los Perros. Oh, yes, we have dogs, of course. Well, what kind of doggy costumes did they have? They had one as a pumpkin. Well, yeah, okay. And they had one for dachshunds. <gasps> yeah. Guess what it was. Well, was it the thing we saw on TV? No. Um, then the hot dog costume. It was a large hot dog. Yay! How demeaning. Well, every time I go to the, the dachshund fest, do you want to tell folks about the doxy fest in, in uh, Washington Square Park? I, I think, honey, you probably want to tell Well, I got you on the phone. You do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> and you misinterpreted my story of the the woman who died. How did I misinterpret? She was, you were there. She died, and mm-hmm. you saw something, 
emanate from her. Well, not I saw the poop coming out of her. No, no, I saw the life leave her body. Yeah, which is a little bit different. I mean, I saw something leave her, but you know, I wouldn't go so far into the metaphysical realm. It sure wasn't an ear. Well, wait, wait. What do you think that is, if not metaphysical? I think it's the cessation of life. It's, it's the the circle of life closing and constricting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but tell, tell the folks about the doxy fest because I'm also going to pick up this call. It's probably the the gospel folks telling us where they are. So so, find, enlighten people about Doctoberfest and also the, the spring fiesta. Okay. Every um, April and October, there are two events sponsored by the Doxon Friendship Club, which is a, a club that organizes the get together of all Doxon owners, probably in the tri-state area, probably and beyond. And they meet in the Arch of Washington Square Park and hundreds of dachshunds attend. And basically we sing a, a polka, which is called, the, I guess, the, the dachshund. I don't know the name. David will tell you. But a, a, some kind of dachshund song while someone plays an accordion. And then usually there are photographers and they take lots of photos. It's absolutely right. It's a really wonderful experience. Alas, I missed it. Who called? Two weeks ago. Oh, it was just uh, someone who wanted to talk to the gospel folks. Okay. So I should tell people that they're going to be here soon, I'm assuming. Uh, but they're running a little late, so I'm just taking uh, taking the mic for a little while. Oh, On wow. AM 1240 WGBB Freeport. Can I get that in there? Uh, so I, and I think also last week mm-hmm. we had kind of asked them to be a little late because this um, was going to be Jeff's birthday show. And that's a shame. What happened? Why did well, he, he was exhausted. He just kind of pooped out because he was doing a bunch of parties. As as he does for fancy schmancy balloons. Oh, but do you think that he does he like to celebrate his birthday? Oh, I don't think it's, he he's just tired. He's just exhausted. I don't think he has a problem mm. with it. You know, he reminded me about twenty times. That's a shame. He wanted a gift, and of course I'm too damn broke to get him one. But uh, we can get him something. Sexual favors. No, please. We no. have that arrangement. No, I think we can think of something creative to get him. Or threesome, perhaps, but need a big bed. I said something creative, honey. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, I'm a creative sexual in about 25 years. I think maybe you should stay with the gospel people and put a little cot there in that office. <laughs> oh, indeed. Remember like Joey used to have a little cat bed for the cat with some self-dispensing cat food? Oh, that's right. I think you need that for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I was going to make a pussy joke, but we're into gospel time, so I'll be good. That's uh, very good. I'll make a cat joke. And, boy, I wish I were licking a cat right now. But, you know, thank you very much. You're going to get her. I know. I have to come home to this woman, ladies and gentlemen. So what else did you do today, hon? Well, I went with your little cousin called Joseph and your oh, other yeah. little cousin called Alex <laughs> and your aunt called Esther. And we went to the a shish kebab place. Oh, you did go to the to that grill place. And it was delicious. And you know what's funny about the baby? What? He's so cute. He has red hair. Mm-hmm. He's like a strawberry blonde, David. Okay, He's well, the, the mother's blonde and the father's kind of brownish, so it's... But it's a beautiful hair color. It's it might not beautiful. be permanent, though. I mean, it might change. As some, I think that, that ha- it might not be red always. But. Well, I heard it might be color, actually. I saw some Miss Claire all in the diaper bag. <laughs> <laughs> but this baby was born two weeks ago. This is I, I, I was shocked when I heard you guys were going out today. Because you know some people get really protective and stuff with with infants, and this 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 thing, this kid, is maybe two weeks old, and you're bringing him to a restaurant in Rockville Center for gosh sakes. Okay. Well, no, or what was Ocean's I think side. it's near Baldwin. I'm sorry. I think it's near Baldwin. But the yeah. biggest thing, I think Alex doesn't want to dress in a costume. 
Allison I, Gilda. He's about five or six. No, right? no, he's three. Oh, he's only three. Okay. I yeah. think it's a little bit, you know, scary for children to dress up. I mean, all the costumes at that store were like um, vampire or zombie. They were very scary. I well, it Halloween is Halloween. Is, I mean, scary. One of the things I was talking about, uh, certainly in the pre-show, and I think also I mentioned it on, on this program mm-hmm. already, is the fact that America's going in that direction. I mean, right, I, I've that movie saw oof. made thirty-five million dollars. But it's so frightening. Kids don't want to dress like that. They do, and they and they become the beloved figures. We were watching this thing on TV this morning on, mm-hmm. on the CBS Sunday mm-hmm. show of how. Dracula and Bela Lugosi. But that's not Carl. like David. There's a difference between seeing somebody like Bela Lugosi and seeing somebody like in Saw, where they're like, you know, all these horror movies where you see physical torture. Yeah, and that's the I thing. Mean, now. Come but on. I'll tell you something. This this Jigsaw character will be as beloved maybe in 50 so. years as as Lon Chaney Jr. or or Boris Karloff was. I mean, th- those films were scarier for their time. But not, yeah. They're not graphic depictions of, of you know, violent stuff, David. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm sure had... Who was the um, the actor, the gay guy in Psycho? Oh, Anthony Perkins? Perkins, Tony Perkins, right. I mean, he, if he were still alive now, he would be going to these conventions, and mm-hmm. these horror conventions, and they'd have him dress up. They'd have to pay him a lot of money, but if he put on a wig and did the knife thing, then mm-hmm. everybody signed autographs. I mean, he could make a bundle. Even, you know, Natalie's youngest son, he said to her, I don't want a costume that has to do with death things. Well, that's that's good. A lot of people don't. These, these movies are real. I, can't, I don't want to watch these movies. They're I don't want to see them. They're very scary. But it's what you have to keep pushing the envelope. That's what these filmmakers believe. It's like they, they can't, for a certain kind of horror film, it has to go further and further into gore until I'm sure at some point there's just going to be from beginning to end, for an hour and 45 minutes, one long torture session. Well, you and that'll know, be a movie. Hmm? You know what I missed that you didn't play this year for Halloween? <laughs> and we'll call it marriage. No, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> I kid, I kid. What do we miss? You can kid. Get a good divorce a divorce <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> Thank you very much. But that, remember you used to have that the apples that were poisoned? That was such a good little skit you did. Oh, thank you. Why yeah. didn't you bring that out? You know, I knew. I love that. You know, but yeah, I, this is this is a little two minute sketch oh, I did, so good. and I think the second month we were on yeah. the air back in two thousand and two, and you thought it was really funny. It was a cute sketch. It's it was really funny. Pre tampered yummies. Oh, I love it. I was thinking of bringing it in, you know, in the old CD, and and I was going to, but we had enough. I thought it would be a kind of a busier show because Jeff was going to be okay, here. Okay, yeah. So. I didn't bring it, but but it does bother me, dear, what? that I'm four years into this damn program, and that's the only damn sketch that you that you keep bringing up or or found really hilarious. Well, I like your your childbirth one. You know when you were yeah. born. Well, that that was thirty seconds long, and that was about also in that first season. Because I don't like a lot of the other characters or things you do. I find them racist, sexist, anti-Semitic, homophobic. You know, sloppy, ageist. Yeah, uh, and, and the problem with that would be? That it's offensive to me on many levels. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, if it was just offensive to you on one level, that would be boring. <laughs> the point is, it's, it's a multi-level sort of offense. It's a very complicated offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's, do I offend? Well, okay then. That's part of it. And And you dip into, I can dip into the Jewishness without feeling sort of... Uh, 
guilty about it because it's my background. I feel a little bit more squeamish if I'm teasing other ethnicities. But you know, let me tell, but let me tell you this: that yeah. you, you there's a difference between people laughing with you, oh, I know. and there's a difference between people laughing at you. And when you reproduce the stereotype, if people are laughing, mm-hmm. you're perpetuating the stereotype, which yeah. is the danger. But stereotypes are going to be perpetuated whether or not people laugh at them. That's not true. Yeah, kind the of. The way is. that stereotypes are perpetuated by individuals supporting them. No, just by the fact that certain aspects of a culture are maybe beloved by the culture and is perpetuated. No, they're 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 based in time. They have a temporal aspect. And stereotypes of groups change as they integrate into society. They change over hundreds mm-hmm. of years. Not even hundreds. Yeah. yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. two generations, but even less. Not necessarily. Oh, two generations. Um, 20 years? Trying to think of something that wouldn't be offensive, but kind of tough. But, I mean, think of the stereotypical, quote-unquote, Jewish person. Mm-hmm. That has been the same stereotype since the, the early, what, 1100s? And why? Or probably before, but then yeah, what I mean, why? Because people like yourself perpetuate it. No, because people like myself are born short, you know, balding with certain facial features and, and we're we're taught in certain ways to, to value knowledge and we're we're allowed to do certain professions. And so things are perpetuated beyond that. But that's not what you're doing on your show. You're perpetuating an exaggerated image of a religious figure that is not at all religious. Oh, well, that's just one character. But again, you keep harping on the one that's a Jewish character. But Well, even the Michael J. Fox. I mean, I find it offensive as well. Well, why do you write Michael J. Fox offensive? Because you yourself, I mean, unless you've suffered and known someone who suffered with the chronic disease, as did my uncle. Yeah, all right. Your you uncle cannot, had Parkinson's, yeah. You know, it's easy to make fun, but God forbid you're stricken with one of these things. But everybody's going to be stricken with something. If I don't get Parkinson's, I'll get cancer. If I don't get cancer, I'll get Alzheimer's. If I don't get Alzheimer's, I'll, I'll get herpes. Oops, but it's easy I to already laugh. kind of have it. Sorry, honey, I, I should have told you that. No, it's easy to laugh when you don't have it and make a joke. But when you yourself suffer and then people make fun of it, it's painful. Well, of course it is. But then you don't make jokes about anything because everybody gets something. You make jokes about drowning. There's going to be somebody out there who knows somebody who drowned. No, but there's different levels. Oh, there's a dachshund on News 12. Oh, 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 dachshund but, alert. No, there, there are different levels of, you know, of... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are on the, you're live on the air mm-hmm. with your husband, <laughs> me, right? You're talking to me to, to however many uh, singles, I was going to say dozens hi, of hi people, Pam, but singles of people... <laughs> Hi, Pam. Yes, yes. I want to oh, give a shout out to Pam. Even Jeff isn't listening. They're on the road. Hi, Pam and Pam's husband. You can't even take that moment to turn the TV off to give me your full concentration. Well, you know why? Even though you're, you're very clear and, and, and making good points. Why? Simply because, David, yeah. in the society that we live in, we're so hyper-stimulated with a whole bunch of crap. Yes. And we're doing 27 billion things. If I was younger, I'd have my iPod on, and I'd be text messaging 27 people. <laughs> the fact that I only have a television with, you know, mute, not even, like, high definition, and I have an old phone, not even a cordless, it means that, you know, I'm a, a dinosaur in, in the scheme of things. Yeah. Speaking of, um, I was going to say speaking of dinosaurs, but mm-hmm. this is absolutely not a segue at all. i got to play one little CD thing uh-huh. very quickly, and then I'll be back now, so I've got to take a phone call here. If you're waiting for gospel, I'm assuming, well, actually, they were going to, someone was calling in. I assume there's a gospel saying they'll be here shortly. Good. 
Um, so they probably will. And Hopefully. So I'll hold the CD until they get here. Keep talking. Oh, no, I hope they, I hope they show up, David. Because on the news it said a couple power lines were down. They had uh, LIPO was, you know, cutting trees. Uh, I mean, so if they're coming from a place on the island, oh, know, right. I don't know what the the story is, but some people don't have power. Well, we... I don't think our neighborhood got hit too... I think it was South Shore, but still, I saw a lot of stuff. Hmm. You know, they probably show the same crew over and over again to make it look like they're actually fixing something. (laughs) They won't come down and cut a tree unless it's a disaster. You know, preventative stuff, God forbid. Well, where's that thing they had on TV? That might have been Con Ed and not Lightbub, but that tree crashed through a house or something or or over power lines, Mm -hmm. and it sat there for about four days before anybody got to it. Wow. And this wasn't this storm. I think it was like... Just a windy day the other day. It's ridiculous. Well, but anyway, let's see. So we've covered the fact that I'm really horribly offensive and racist. No, I think think what my goal is for you is to really understand the impact of the things that you say. Because they are for humor, they're clever, they're witty. Thank Thank you. But some of them have an impact and a consequence that's broader. I guess. That, that, you know, I mean, it goes back even to Dave Chappelle when he did all these stereotypes on his show. He finally stopped because he said, so many people I thought were laughing with me were laughing at me. But you can't worry about that little segment, whereas the other 90% of the population gets it the way he wants to get it. Same with Richard Pryor. But you don't know, David. You don't know. You know, you don't know what, what you're, the things that you put out. I mean, think of karma. What you put out will come back to you. So in other words, I'm going to open the door one day and all these farts are going to just hit me in the face? Um, unless you move to New Jersey, I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I mean, anybody from New Jersey wants to call and complain, at 631-888-8811 is the phone number here. 631-888-8811. Uh, this is Dave Lefkowitz going into Dave's Gone by Overtime. Gospel All Night will be here all night fairly soon, I'm sure. Well, they have a long, long stretch. I mean, that's a, a yeah, lot of hours. six hours, I get like an hour and a half. It's just not fair. Yeah, but David, come on, that six hours, at, and this time is when people usually sleep. To stay up at that time, I think, is extremely hard. Well, you they're playing sleep. a lot of music. And of course it's hard, but, but you, I'm sure they like what they do. They wouldn't do it otherwise. No, but I'm sure it throws off their schedule. Think about it. You know, well, yeah. It's hard. and You know, it's kind of like quiet out there, too, so... You might be kind of sleepy. No one's there. A few people, you might take a little nap. Right. But I, I, I don't get what your point is, though. I think it, that it's a hard shift. So if it were oh, me and I was going to come in for that shift, I would come in a little bit later, too, because they're going to be there for oh, a no, long no, time. Oh, no, no, no. Believe me. If I had six hours, I would get there by 12 o'clock but and use every off. single minute. At the end, you would just crash. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like Sometimes they carve it up, I don't know if the, the 12 o'clock person is still there at 6. I oh, think I someone else comes not. in at 3. That's not good. Because it's a long show. No, but, but again, radio is, you get on, something happens to you. It's adrenaline, probably. Yes. And it kicks in, and then, and then you do have these, these lulls. And you play a lot of music, especially on a show like that. Mm-hmm. But then you, you you just get it going, and you do it for love. True. I mean, and, and everybody has their different kind of shift that they like. I mean, I've done a couple of the uh, the late nights at a different station, mm-hmm. at uh, WUSB in Stony Brook. Right. And loved it. I and mean, there's a certain vibe that you get at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning that you don't get at any other time of day. Mm-hmm. So... And, and then there's another kind of vibe you get at drive time or one that you get in the middle of the afternoon. 
But every station has this karma. You brought up the word karma. They have this feeling. By the way, the the, um, ace from the gospel folks is here. So she's going to give me some gospel music to play pretty soon. And then I will be rolling out of here into the Halloween mist. So, hello, Ace. How are you? (laughs) She's saving her voice until we... (laughs) We can't hear him, Davey. Okay, well, no, you can't hear her because she's not saying anything. She's looking at me with with disgust, as as most people do. So she's going to hand me something now. Oh, my God, it's a crucifix. No! (laughs) No, It's a CD of something. And she's opening the case very slowly. Track one. Okay, so I'm loading it up. There's going to be some commercials first, folks, so we're going to get to that, too. But, honey, thank you so much. Okay, have a good night, honey. You, too. You talk to you later. And uh, love you very much. Thank I you, love for, you too. for being my number two fan, because Pam is now my number one fan. God bless but, her. But you're my, my number one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always be my number two fan. <laughs> yeah. Doors are going to be double locked when I get home tonight. Anyway. I hope you remember the alarm code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell this to me off here. Okay. Love you, babe. See you later. Okay. Have a great night. And everybody, have a wonderful night yourselves. Thank you so much for joining me on this extra, extra long and extra lovely edition of Days Gone By. Extra spooky. I will be back next Sunday, October, uh, no, excuse me, November the 5th. And we will be going Daffy over Daphne. Daphne Rubin Vega, twice Tony-nominated actress, will be here uh, in the neighborhood. We'll be talking to her because she's going into Les Mis, the new Broadway Sort of a revival, but it almost feels like the same production that closed a couple of years ago. But it's coming back to Broadway, and it's officially opening on November 9th. So Daphne Rubin Vega, one of our biggest guests ever, coming to the neighborhood next week for the 195th edition of Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. Remember, Halloween is coming, so it's important to be careful, to be cautious as far as candy is concerned. So, when you're putting the razor blades in the apples, for gosh sakes, wear gloves. This is Dave Lefkowitz. Good night, good haunting, and gone by. You, there'll be two holes in your neck. Blow! Blow! My son, the vampire, he will leave you pale. All he does is drink your blood, cause he don't like ginger ale. When they see him, people scream and they yell. They scream and yell cause they're scared as heck That he'll say Blow! Blow! My son, the vampire He's a total loss And if you should meet with him Do not drink or eat with him Run if he takes out his dental flaws Cause my son, the vampire Ain't collecting
collecting it for the Red Cross. She wants blue. 